Today's talk is on the archetypes. This week in the chakra course, we're up to the heart chakra, Anahata. And we've been talking a little bit about that in the previous discussions, learning about it. And now we want to turn our focus to what the manifestations of some of the energies are, like how they come through in our personalities, the archetypes, these ancient patterns of energy that, that humans interact with. The archetypes for the heart chakra, Anahata, the two are the lover and the actor. And just like all of them, again, I know I say this every time, but it's just so important to remember that um, one isn't better than the other. Uh, they're not good or bad in and of themselves, and that we oscillate between the two and all ends of the spectrum, that both have an embodied healthy side and uh, both have a more shadow side, the parts of us that we don't see that can come through when we don't see them. So remembering as we do this, as you see yourself in it, uh, to be gentle with yourself and coming from a place of that rather than judgment. So starting a little bit with the, uh, let's start with the actor um, and a little bit about the heart, right? So we've already talked about the heart uh, as the function that deals with our reciprocity and relationships to others. So giving and receiving and how we bond to other people from an emotional perspective and how we engage in those bonds. Sometimes in energy healing, we describe bonds as like, these, these cords of energy that run from one person's chakra to another. So you could look at it that way. How, how does your heart center you know, send out energy that connects to another heart center? And is it able to receive? Um, is the communication flowing both ways? Do you put up you know, like a, a shield or you know, to bring energy in? Or is there a shield that doesn't allow energy out? And this will become more relevant as we go into the to the discussion more. So just kind of starting to feel into uh, what the actor shows up as in our lives. And the actor archetype is someone who, you know, really wants to feel love, really wants to be in love, really wants to believe that love is ready, available, and present for them. And so sometimes uh, this manifests as you know, uh, going really heavy into a relationship, thinking and overlooking the reality of the relationship and the where the other person is uh, in terms of compatibility or in terms of uh, being able to be committed to each other. Sometimes it's idealization and fantasy playing out in front of us. And whenever we end up in situations like that, um, we often leave kind of with a feeling of a broken heart later uh, because we got so caught up in something that wasn't real. Um, it was based in projection and, and fantasy. So, you know, we, we leave thinking that we did something wrong or they did something wrong or that love isn't real. And we often kind of close the door to the heart and the heart gets a little bit hard. And then the next time, uh, you know, an opportunity to be connected from the heart center comes around, um, we we might either recoil from it or rush into it. These are all sort of attributes of the actor. The actor is really striving to appear to be in loving relationship with the world. And sometimes some of the shadow parts of this are, you know, manipulation that can happen, um, controlling behaviors, dominating behaviors. Um, sometimes those, so whenever we hear manipulation and control and dominating, I think 
we think about at least most people I, I talk to and work with, you know, the first reaction is like, oh, that's when someone's tell, you know, telling someone you can't do this, or you can't do that, or you have to wear this, or you have to wear that. But this goes much deeper and is much more subtle uh, than that. Sometimes we can use uh, guilt or shame or these different uh, more passive aggressive uh, ways of controlling people. And that all falls under the category in terms of relationships with the actor where we're presenting to be one particular way, uh, but in fact we're, we're not. We're a little bit more um, sad, confused, scared maybe than we're willing to admit. Um, and I know that I've been there personally a good number of times in relationships, sometimes at the end of one, like totally acting in it, wanting it to still be alive when it wasn't. It was well past its expiry, but, you know, telling myself it wasn't and finding myself in a constant state of trying to navigate still denial, I think goes with the actor, um, telling stories to yourself and, and to others, even to your partner. Um, about matters of the heart and being able to be honest and truthful about matters of the heart is really difficult when we're in the actor archetype. So as you're talking about this, it's becoming clear what the actor is. Um, I was wondering if you could help clarify by perhaps telling um, us what is it that the actor is really missing um, in this sort of uh, archetypal energy that makes it the shadow side of the lover. Mm. So in my perspective, the actor is, is really missing the ability to receive love and give love in a genuine way. So the, if we're talking just about the heart chakra, there is something in there. I don't like to use the word blocked, but there's something in there um, that is making it so that energy is having a hard time flowing. So they're missing a connection to themselves, really, I think, mm. connection to love uh, in your own body, in your own experience. And, um, you know, there's the perspective of like, what were they missing? How did this come about? A lot of times primary relationships, you know, with one or both parents mm -hmm. or caregivers um, or friends at a young, early age, mm -hmm. were missing uh, some element of authentic, genuine connection. I think it's connection really. So, the, so the, the actor perhaps could have a bunch of breadth in its ability to access this energy However, it doesn't have much capacity for depth mm -hmm. when it's showing up. Is that sort of safe to say? Yeah. If you are not able to go deep, then you're definitely swimming in the waters, the shallow waters of the actor archetype. Mm -hmm. um, and usually there's a fear, and sometimes for good reason, right? Mm -hmm. Of, you know, when we hear these things, we can get kind of judgmental, like, oh, the actor, you know, about ourselves, or, oh, yeah, I recognize that in a partner I was with. Um, but really, I think a lot of it has to do with fear of intimacy and fear mm. of closeness and closeness being really overwhelming. Um, so I can act like it instead of actually experiencing it. And that keeps me feeling more safe because mm -hmm. I'm more on the surface. Mm -hmm. Does that answer? Yeah, yeah, it does. Yeah. So, so the actor, you know, is, uh, if you get involved with someone who's deeply, deeply expressing and stuck in the actor archetype, you will often find yourself, or you find yourself there, or you find yourself there. Um, but you know, it's, it's so much easier at first to recognize it outside of ourselves. Yeah. And then, you know, the truth is we've all been there, I think for most of us to some degree. 
but when you find yourself uh, entangled with someone who's in this archetype, it usually ends in a lot of pain and hurt. It usually ends um, without much resolution. Mm. Uh, because one person in the relationship, typically speaking, you, you link up with people who are occupying different energetic spectrums than you uh, because the human being is seeking balance. It's seeking to be uh, informing itself at all times on the breadth of experiences that are out there. Mm -hmm. So if you link up with someone who's in the archetype, and I know from having been that person in that archetype and been on the receiving end of someone who is really in it, uh, you know, it often ends feeling very unfulfilled. And you kind of go like at the end, was that really what I thought it was? I thought this was something else. And then it turned out to be this. Mm -hmm. And really, uh, it probably was always you know, the expression of the actor with not much depth the whole time. But people who are in the actor archetype are very charismatic. They're very able to uh, portray this idea of being loving and kind and connected. Um, but at what cost, right? And uh, sort of not to go like too far off track here but even if we you know since we designed this course to be like relevant to what's going on now i think a really good example of that is what we see happening um in with all the racism the anti-racism work and all the chaos that we see in our culture a really good example of an actor archetype would be like i'm coming you know i'm all about loving kindness and compassion and and all of these things and then bypassing the truth of the difficult times that we're in and the difficult work within that needs to be done to actually be in a place of embodied love and compassion. So to kind of, you know, go down the all lives matter and we're all one human race and love and light to everyone. Yeah. That's a very actor, that's how the actor archetype, how I'm seeing it manifest in our culture right now is like, I'm not willing to get dirty and do the deep work within to actually yeah. access my heart to find real compassion and real connection. Instead, I'm going to keep it kind of, like you said, a lot of breath, a lot of surface. I'm going to talk about love and compassion and portray myself in a certain way because I care about how others see me. Or you'll go to the very end utopian sort of final destination point rather than, you know, having to look inside to see what inside you is showing up outside of you that you are pointing the finger at as the problem as the villain um, for example with what you're talking about now what's happening with the all lives matter why does it have to be about race all the time and instead assuming that we should all be loving kind see beyond color i mean yeah ideally that's like what utopia would look like however to get even close to that requires one to look at their own prejudices look at their own biases um, look at how they think and believe other people to be who look sound um, differently from them and that's not fun work it's not ego enhancing work but if we want to get there we need to know where we are and Personally, I think it's best to know where are we personally, because if collective society is a collection of each unique individual, society cannot change 
insofar as we are able to change within ourselves. So if we can manifest change and consciousness by looking at where we're um, bias, prejudice, perhaps stuck, and we start to develop those things because we know what's there, then magnify that out times however many people do that, then society changes. We always expect other people to do the hard work and heavy lifting and we're so much further beyond what's going on outside. It's easy to lose focus and to forget that we can only really change as far as we're willing to change ourselves. Mm-hmm. And that, that is being in the balanced lover archetype, right? Because if we really want to talk about love, you know, not just in romantic capacity, but love for your family, for other people, for the human race, for the planet, to be in the lover in the balanced way, you know, requires that we move past the shallowness Mm -hmm. of the actor who's acting as though because they're afraid to go deeper, Mm -hmm. uh, afraid of what we might find, afraid of uh, how we might feel when we find it. Because it's not comfortable. It's really difficult. And um, it's. It, I think it's one of the biggest problems plaguing uh, s- spiritual communities, if we want to call it that today, is, I mean, it's hard because a lot of people right now are feeling like no matter what I do or how I show up to this moment in time, I'm doing it the wrong way. So it's hard to, for me, I find myself wanting to be silent <laughs> just because it's like, I don't want to criticize anyone. I don't want to act like I have all the answers because um, I'm still working really hard to figure it out for myself, and I'm not there yet. Um, but one of the things that I do see, having said all that, and it's not a judgment, it's more just like I'm curious as to, to how and you know why we do this. It's like spiritual communities just keep on, like you said, like moving to that final utopia place. Like I hear them saying, like, uh, you know, usher in the fifth dimension, which is the dimension of the heart chakra, right? usher it in, anchor it in, be the light, be the love, you know, and the truth is for me, like, I don't know how to usher that in without acknowledging first and seeing all the ways in which I withhold it from myself Mm. and my community and my society and my culture. And to do that, I have to, you know, not try to be different than the culture that I'm in. This is what's happening in the spiritual communities. It's like, you know, we're the light bearers, we're the bringer of the light, we're we're anchoring the vibration of consciousness, the fifth 5D, you know, and you got to hold your consciousness in this this place so that you can transcend and, and be the thing that changes the world through your vibration. And to me, ooh, I, I'm scared to say it, but it's, that's the actor archetype. Yeah. It's not doing, it's not the depth, it's not the it's depth not real. work. The idea is really nice. It's a nice idea that I can get to this place where I am ushering that in. But here's the jam. Like, I'm one person in billions. I can't usher in a new dimensional reality for all planet Earth. Yeah. That's pretty um, 
inflated I mean really for me to think that I have that capacity and it, and as we were talking last week about the chakra the manipura the solar plexus if I'm spending a lot of energy trying to usher in the fifth dimension I'm fighting against the dimension that I live in instead of immersing in the dimension I live in and looking at my contribution based on the internal structures within me and I think living in the patriarchy and the society and the culture that we live in, even if I go in and one day I, let's imagine it's possible to perfectly clear up all the, all the isms of hatred that exist in all of us because of the structure of society. Let's imagine one day, you know, it's a Friday and, I, and I, I go in, I do a lot of deep work and I clear them all up. Well, you know, by, by Saturday, they're going to all be back again because I live in a collective and I'm not separate from it. So it's a continuous effort to keep on looking for these things and researching ourselves. And to me, doing that, that deep work and the heavy lifting is how I'm trying to make my way to the lover archetype. Mm -hmm. And sometimes the less you say on social media, the less you get up on the soapbox, you know, the more you have time and energy to just be with what is inside you and do the work. And it's, and, and I, this is nuanced. I'm not trying to say that you shouldn't speak out and speak up because you should do what you sense and feel is right for you in the moment. It's a balance between both of those things because yeah. yeah. you can go out and um, protest for a worthy cause. You can go out and exclaim how to raise your vibration. Um, but at the same time, it's more effective if you're also looking at where in your life are you stuck in those various things. Amen. Where is your judgment holding you back from having compassion, not just for other people, but for yourself, for the not so um, glamorous things you think, the not so um, selfless acts that happen in your life? How can you be and bear witness to those things and not sort of ridicule yourself or judge yourself? Um, I think that's where a lot of folks get stuck. Mm. You know, we, we have this ideal, this idea of what it's like to be pretty close to perfect, right, in theory. But if we don't live up to it, we can very easily get very, very harsh and um, hurt ourselves as a result. And then another way that with what you just said, the actor manifests is like, Everything's fine, right? I'm good. I'm, you know, love and kindness, man. Um, and you see it, that manifest where you're not, if someone's not good or you're feeling sad or low or hurt, these are all emotions that emanate from and live in the heart center. And so when we put on a face to be a certain way, when it's not actually authentic to the moment, I think that's another way that it manifests. So if we're really looking to find compassion inside and be anchored in what it is to be the lover and make our way into a more evolved version of ourselves, uh, then we have to be truthful and honest about what's going on in the heart space. And, and this is a process for you. This is one of the things that my teacher talks about a lot. Like, yes, you know, we have we have a responsibility, particularly people with more power and more privilege, to make a difference and to use that power and privilege to make a difference and mm -hmm. to speak up and to wield it in a responsible way, to acknowledge it and to become like a humble servant of the causes that 
bring us to a place of more honesty in our society. And by power and privilege, you also mean experience and knowledge, not just, you know, material wealth or right. status society. Right, right. And, and so, so we have that responsibility. There's no question about that. So what I'm about to say doesn't negate that. I just want to say that. Um, and your inner work is for you. Mm-hmm. So my teacher says a lot, like when you're in the middle of like figuring something really big and deep out, especially if you have a platform, especially if there's a lot of people that, that you know, look to you, you have to like take the time to actually do that work so that you're really moving into the compassion of your heart when you're going to come forward and present it to others. So there's this there's this incubation time where we're exploring where you know if I'm going into and learning about hurt and grief that doesn't mean that I'm you know t- sitting down at the kitchen table and telling everyone about it. Doesn't mean I'm posting about it everywhere. Doesn't mean I have to call every friend I have and talk about my process mm-hmm. with it. It's my process and there should be some places where I talk about it and express it, but that's part of the actor archetype is just what I'm trying to get at here is, you know, there's a lot of spiritual leaders and helpers and healers who totally unintentionally and not meaning to do any harm, constantly sharing every aspect of the process before the process has uh, been able to be integrated and before the actual wisdom available via that integration has made its way up and through and is ready to be shared. And so it can look like, oh, they're so deep and they're doing all this work, da, 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 da. And sometimes still the question one has to ask oneself is, why am I sharing this process? Why am I putting it on display? Why am I being, why am I centering myself in this conversation for all eyes on me? What do I get out of that? And these types of hard questions help us to move past the actor archetype and into the deeper terrain of the psyche, into the deeper terrain of the heart, where when we speak or when we share, for the most part, we're, we're conscious of, you know, what am I offering? What is my service in this moment? And we've already looked at like, you know, is there something that I'm getting out of this? Right? Yeah, who am I serving? Am I serving the people who are listening? Or is my process out on them, with them? Am I using them as a way to, you know, um, work through something that I'm still really, really in the middle of. Yeah, and, and so, th- so that's something I really wanted to bring up for this talk and this group of people in particular because um, most of the people who are drawn to this stuff are helpers and healers. And, you know, it's, it's a good thing to ask yourself in these times of change and chaos, like how much am I sharing? Who is it for? You know, and I'll, I'll just touch on a really brief example that I think embodies this is, um, you know, I had uh, an experience where I was trying to figure out a way to express this without it, like, you know, uh, throwing anybody under the bus. But I had an experience where uh, somebody who's in my sphere of influence, um, you know, f- got accused of making you know sort of like a a racist remark because they weren't participating in social media um in the social media um movement and and so as a reflexive response they decided to to donate money um to different causes for black lives matter which donating is really an important part of the movement um and then and then they reached out to their whole network who would have to, by association, be in uh, partnership with them. 
and you know requested that you know we blast out that they were doing this right telling everyone showing everybody to make this statement you know that they were uh, not racist and so I understand the pressure on people right now to respond in a certain way and so it's not like a, a criticism I think though when we start to look at it it's it's a perfect example because you see it happening everywhere of an invitation into depth and it doesn't mean that the actions change right it doesn't mean donating is bad it doesn't mean that tell you know spreading awareness for where to donate is bad but why am i doing it am i doing it because i love my brothers and sisters on this planet and i love them so much that i want to give up some of my power which is for me money and I want to use my privilege, which is my voice and platform, to be a humble servant of this cause and to, to be a witness in such a way that is sacred and creating space for others, right? The action remains the same, or is it because I want people to see me in a certain way? And so the action's the same, but the energy behind the action is completely and totally different. One energy is from the place of actor, right? How am I perceived and seen? And one energy is from the place of lover. I'm in love with my brothers and sisters and humanity. And so this is how I choose to wield my influence, privilege, and power. Mm -hmm. And I don't need to tell anyone about it, right? Because it's not about how people see me. It's about my love and my connection to the world that I live in. So I'm not sure if that will make sense, but I think, you know, just bringing it into the practical about what's going on right now might help Um, some of us especially you know mostly in this group white folks uh, to look at how in this current moment of uh, heated racism and anti-racism work can I use these archetypes to help me access more depth inside myself can I because this isn't just about romantic relationships right it's perception of how I look in the way that I love versus actually really loving for real and so just something to consider in that. Yeah, so that brings us to the other side of the actor, the lover itself. And how I see it personally is it seems that the lover is able to detect and sense the interconnectedness between all things and also is involved with sensation sensuality feeling touch not just in the physical world but also in the psychological internal spiritual world as well noticing the textural changes in how you're feeling being able to detect when i go from heightened sensations to perhaps more dull ones or a sharp sensation to a um, you know something something different something more brittle something more fragile and with that like the like the ability to feel is so central to the heart chakra right it's like it is the heart chakra it's feelings and it's thought that all feelings emanate from the heart originate in the heart and then move out and are housed in other aspects and areas of our body so to really feel requires a lot of courage and a lot of vulnerability um to feel is hard Mm -hmm. and it's one of those things where if i'm in the absence of feeling i know because maybe i start to become numb or depressed 
And then on the other side of it, when there's so much stimulation and feeling, um, I can sometimes lose myself in that as well. Mm-hmm. And the balanced version of the lover, because the lover also has a shadow side and the actor also has a healthy side, which we'll talk about too. But, you know, in the balanced side of the lover, there's this ability to like, I love how you said the interconnectivity of everything. It's like, oh my God, like I love animals and I love trees and I love flowers and I love the oceans. I love my neighbor. And it's this giving of love. I, I, I don't know. I've had some teachers say that unconditional love doesn't exist or if it does, you probably won't experience it in your lifetime. Um you know, uh, they've made the case that like, you know, when you have a kid, sometimes you feel it then. Um, but that unconditional love truly without conditions, if you think about that, like, uh, does that exist? And some of my teachers have made the argument that it probably shouldn't exist because, you know, if there's no condition to the love, then it's a sort of boundaryless and unhealthy and maybe embodying the shadow side of the lover archetype. Right, like uh, if my husband go- goes out and has an affair with twenty five women, and then like murders ten of them, and you know like runs away. <laughs> what? <laughs> it's an, it's Interesting an, example. It's an extreme example of you know. There's probably some conditions to the balance of my love if I'm in a healthy relationship with myself. Um, but you know, you can minimize that example and see see what I mean. But there's sort of the aspect of what is unconditional love and the lover in its healthy state you know gets as close to that as we could get loving just because loving just because someone else is a human sharing this experience with me and so they don't have to do anything spectacular or special to earn my ability to to love them you know and and same with my city my country my world all of these different things that we can be in love with we feel the connection between them and between ourselves and we're able to tap into the pulse of life and be with the rhythm of life and that's really one of the hallmarks of the embodied healthy lover archetype is to be able to be with others just as they are mm-hmm. and when i hear you say this i can't help but think about that um just boundaries it's a very sort of difficult to grasp until you do concept but the shadow side the healthy manifestation of the lover archetype can be seen as one that is in really good relationship with their boundaries um, of self and others whereas the shadow side of the lover has there's two polarities to that Mm -hmm. that that i see Um, both have issues with boundaries For example, um, one side, which is the addicted lover, has no end to its capacity to love, is overindulgent in sensations, things that bring him or her feelings, heightened sensations, heightened feelings, and they can't stop. They can't stop to the point of being forced to or even death oftentimes sometimes mm-hmm. um, and the other side of that being the impotent lover has is too boundary boundary it's typically manifests as depression 
And a lot of times this comes up because the person has gotten really close to um, something in their lives that's about to bring about big change or to bring on big feelings. And as a way of protecting themselves from experiencing those big feelings or undergoing a big change, they'll put up a shield. They'll shut everything down. They'll put up this big barrier of numbness and not be able to feel anything, feel any of the love out, outside coming in or even inside circulating throughout themselves. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think I've, I've seen that in my own life in different ways. You know, I've seen it with um, times where I just didn't know a limit, a healthy limit to things, you know, things that seemed to be pleasurable at the time, like even traveling, like in its, in its success or, you know, being with a particular lover or partner and there's no limit or boundary and it's just almost gluttonous or like, you know, some people do it with materialism, like shopping and buying things and, you know, like having to have more because it creates some kind of sensation. It's just this addiction to feeling something, whatever the something is. And uh, it ends up taking you to a place of exhaustion, really burned out. And if I remember something you said before correctly, doesn't it also then sometimes when you're really in that like deep, deep, deep addicted lover stage sometimes lead you directly to the opposite side of like dead, numb, impotent? Yeah, and it seems like that can be on in both directions. If you go too far in either direction, you sort of end up at the other extreme. Like if you go really far into the addicted lover shadow aspect, let's use an example. Say you're um, like just like using a lot of substances, say um, caffeine, stimulants, things like that. It might give you energy over time, but we've all seen people or even experienced having caffeine and stimulants so much that it actually depletes you of energy entirely. So you kind of get numb. Mm-hmm. It has the opposite effect. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that makes total sense. And I think of like my own experience like in life where like I was in a in, I was in a place where I had like it's kind of funny. It taught me. I think this is like one of the biggest lessons I've ever learned. I was in a place where I was in a relationship and the last couple of years of it were totally like celibate. Like there was no connection, there was no intimacy, there was no anything um in terms of a physical or sexual and uh you know we'd receded or retreated into sort of this like brother sister like or really close friend like state of the relationship and then because i was so far in that place then of course uh, the universe does this right then came in this person who was totally uh in the archetype of addicted lover and i moved across the pool to that place with him <coughs> was totally in the archetype of addicted lover to the point of complete and total burnout exhaustion and depletion and that person was the person I last dated before um, you and I got together and I remember at the beginning of our relationship mine with you I was like I don't know like I knew it was gonna work like I knew you were my person but then I was also like I don't know like 
he's not really obsessed with me enough. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, mm, I don't know. And like, I'm not obsessed with him. And um, I think something's wrong here. You know, like, I think, I think there's something missing that. And I've talked to so many women who like enter into a relationship. And if you've been in the addicted lover place, um, and you enter into a, a healthy relationship, newsflash, it feels kind of boring, you know, at some points. It feels kind of in comparison, normal. In comparison. To the ups and downs of um, being in that frantic, addicted yeah, lover phase. Totally. At first. And of course, like for me later, it doesn't feel boring at all. It feels steady and stable and, you know, it has its own uh, flow of up and down and ebb and flow. But that was so eye-opening for me. That was when I learned that pull of the lover uh, that was so drunk in love, but it wasn't it wasn't healthy, steady, embodied love mm. that could stand the test of time. It was like, uh, it was the one thing that we said about it once, like kindling that's burning super, super, super fast and like is going to burn out versus mm. like a log that can like burn steadily over time. Yeah. And when you've gone it, in your life, like oscillating between that impotent, like no desire for sex, no, no, nothing, no connection, numbness in that area. And, and then, you know, flew over to the other side or back or whatever, numb or totally absorbed in sensation. Uh, when that's the norm, the middle ground, uh, feels very confusing for a little while. At least it did for me. And, you know, that is all to say, um, that those, lover relationships those um, addicted lover relationships um, aren't without their value because if we're going to look at that um, kindling versus log example you kind of need the kindling first to have a base to have charcoal to be able to actually support that log mm -hmm. just like you when you were talking about when we met you were wondering like why isn't he you know like addicted to me mm -hmm. right I remember when I was in a an addicted infatuation with somebody and it wasn't working out no matter how hard I tried. I was asking a client at the time, um, very happily married. I was like, so what, what do you look, how do you know? How do you know? And they were like, well, you know, it's just easy. It's just mm -hmm. steady. It's just, it doesn't have to be difficult. It's just steady. And that was the exact opposite place that I was in at the time. So I knew that, oh, this is not that. What I'm in right now is not steady. It's not easy. So when we got together, I thought about that. I thought about that. It needs to be steady. It's just, it just works. And it just worked. Yeah, of course. I was excited. Very excited. You were excited. Very excited. But we weren't addicted to the excitement. Probably because we'd both been through, not that long before that, the, you know, very, for me, unhealthy version yes. of that addicted aspect. And I knew, like, I'm not going to do that again because I feel like I'm just doing drugs all day and there's a come down from it. It's terrible. Yes. Yeah. And But, but the lessons we learned in that phase, mm -hmm. the lessons I learned in that time, that kindling, that hot, burning, temporary fuel served as a base of wisdom to nurture this fire, mm -hmm. this log. So if you find yourself in one of those situations, like that's where withholding judgment about it can be really helpful. Use discernment and know that things probably need to change, but 
You're still learning valuable information, gaining really important wisdom for the present and for the future. And when you're impotent on the other side of that, right, there's also wisdom and and, and what not to be gained. Because if that's the case where you have very little connection to the lover side of yourself, very little desire, et cetera, et cetera, you know, you can look at like what's my correlated desire to the world you know my interaction with the world what's my passion for the world like we talked about passion as it relates to anger in the last module right so my connection to the world actually reflects in my heart's ability to be connected to a partner and vice versa and my sexuality like it all goes together if i'm dead in my connection to a partner in my sexuality I'm not feeling much I'm probably not very connected to the world and I'm probably not connected to myself yeah and in times like that like that's when the the old saying depression is a lack of expression kind of comes up like we need to figure out how how are we feeling we need to engage with ourselves tend to our feelings express our feelings and at the same time engage with the outside world as within so without or outside of um i know for me in times of sort of um, impotent lover mode or numbness the internal feeling and receiving is important and so is just also getting out there and giving to and receiving from the outside world and others Right, because this is really what this is all about, these two archetypes, right? The actor is pretending to receive and give with the world and yep. people, and the lover in its healthy side is actually receiving itself, giving of itself, and receiving from the world and giving to the world. So one is acting like it, and one is actually being that aspect of oneself. Mm. So you know, if we're really looking to evolve into the healthy lover archetype, we have to feel our feelings. We have to be present. We have to be honest. We have to engage in the hard conversations. We can't run away. We have to We have to be with life instead of trying to dominate life by acting like we know what's going on. And so a big part of that with this archetype also has to do with like releasing into the I don't know of life. That's kind of one of the core ways of being able to be with life is to know that you, you don't know. None of us know how it's all going to turn out. Or and even how it works. And that's what causes a lot of difficulty connecting to things is needing to understand them, needing to know about them, some of the unknown, uh, unknowable things um, of this world. So let's touch really quickly on um, the uh, balanced part of the... Oh, you're typing something in the computer. let you do that so that it doesn't <laughs> go over the thing um okay so the balance part of the actor archetype is you know the ability to convey truth through stories and myth so once you've um, balanced you've looked at and understood and you've started to balance the actor archetype within and you're incorporating and including some of the healthy lover the mature actor archetype can actually be a really wise teacher because they can take the things that they've learned 
and they can um, use them to create engagement as a wisdom teaching and that's really really valuable so if you know that you tend to like tell stories and over exaggerate things and and you know kind of do that get involved in the drama of life as the actor um what would it be like to use that ability for good to use that ability to offer something and to be in service from that place of telling stories and sharing wisdom because stories are really powerful and one of the ways that knowledge is passed down and the actor's ability to create intrigue and engagement can be used as a really good um, attribute to garner interest, um, sustained interest over time. Yeah, so it's really just like, so this is why like judging our tendency towards one or the other isn't, isn't helpful because if we can get past the judgment, we can see our tendency, and then if we see it, we're in the light, right? Being in the light means having knowledge and truth about what's going on. And these are these are patterns that play through humans, so they're not who you are. Um, but if you know there's a pattern you tend to like kind of uh, link up with, then if you're aware of it, you have a choice about how to engage with it. You have a choice about how to be with it. And so in that choice, you can um, be a good ambassador of that energy and use it from a place of connection and service. So, yeah, anything else? I feel like that's quite a lot. <laughs> yeah, I think we covered a lot of it. Um, anything else? Mm-mm. No, I think for now, just uh, thinking about actor as, um, you know, the archetype that we find ourselves in when we're scared and the lover as the archetype that we find ourselves in when we're free from fear. Um, and learning to have a container to contain our lover is what makes it healthy. <laughs>